my name is Tim Riccadello, and welcome to Zen Mama and Everyday Gurus. Hey, everyone. Thanks for coming back to another episode. Um, it's fall here in Vermont. It was pretty chilly this morning. And yeah, it's transitioning here, right? We're transitioning into winter. And it's always a tricky time, I think, this time of year a little bit as we sort of not only transition and prepare for what's to come, but I think, um, I don't know about the rest of you, but after having a, like a year and a half of so much change and challenge. I am a little, um, I'm anticipating the darkness in a different way, let's just say. And so I'm really uh, very conscious of that and gonna pull a little bit harder on my tools of resiliency to try to stay ahead of it. But I'm, I'm just feeling that as we, we're gonna change the clocks this weekend, but I don't know where you are in your life and in your region of the world, but I just want to acknowledge that it's another transition and um, transitions can be tricky. So I just like to call that out because I know I'm probably not alone. Um, I also will also call out this is a hard has been a hard time of year in my family because my daughter has relapsed pretty intensely um, twice during this sort of around the Halloween time. And so that it's interesting to me how that brings up emotions that are triggers emotions that I don't even realize are there, but comes out in different behaviors. So I'm also just, I also talked to the kids about it because when they were younger, I used to see them acting out um, around this time. And then I'd be like, Oh yeah, right. That makes sense. So for any of you out there that as the holidays approach and are kind of feeling emotional around any of that stuff, I'm, I just want to call that out and we'll continue to, walk our way through that as we always do. But welcome and thanks for coming back. And um, I'm pretty excited about today's episode. Um, I met Tim, again, very serendipitously. I was up in the Northeast Kingdom here in Vermont at a retreat, a, a plant medicine retreat. Um, and we went for a walk and we met there and a group of us are walking and the more I got to know Tim, the more I was like, I really like this guy and he's got a lot to share. And I was like, you want to come on the podcast? So here he is today. And um, I'm going to let him introduce himself in a moment. But, you know, I'd say he's a speaker. He's a he's a um, a wise soul that has dug deep on trying to find meaning and purpose here in life. I, I got that pretty clearly. Um, but also like balance and authenticity and truth. And so I'm so honored to have him here to talk about his journey and to share the gifts that he's giving to the world. And um, welcome, Tim. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, Mary. Yeah, thanks uh, so much for having me and uh, for those kind words as well. Um, I would describe myself as a seeker. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, I think anytime I think I have some wisdom, I um, end up being humbled a lot. And <laughs> most of the time, I just feel like a kid, you know, and, yeah. and that actually, you know, does help to keep me balanced and light, you know, as we approach this kind of dark time. And, mm. you know, and we all suffer with a lot of that darkness. And so, you know, we need to bring some of that light to it as well. Um, a little about me. I know we've had long conversations, but um, I am a clinical social worker. That's my license. Uh, I do psychotherapy, counseling, coaching, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, 
uh, just really connecting with people on a, on a heart level and uh, helping work through and process emotions. You know, I uh, talk a lot about healing psychological and emotional wounds, very similarly to how uh, we heal, you know, a physical wound. And we often neglect our, our um, emotional and psychological wounds and they end up getting infected and affecting other parts of our lives. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really difficult to pull that bandage off and, you know, pick at the infection and clean it out when it hurts. And, but that's what we have to do. Mm. And I think we're all wrestling with various degrees of trauma and emotional wounds. And, you know, it's just as important that we work on those, um, you know, as if we were had a, had a traumatic physical wound. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's kind of my approach. I, um, have an affinity for depth psychology and Carl Jung, but mm-hmm. as well have a, um, you know, a toolbox with, you know, eclectic psychotherapy and um, offer services virtually. And I have an office in Morrisville, Vermont, um, you know, eventually would like to build my space into a little bit of a healing center and, you know, mm-hmm. offer retreats and support out here as well. But yeah, still just kind of trying to figure it out day by day and, right. you know, do my own, you know, live my own life and, you know, work through my own healing journey. So yeah, I think think that maybe sums it up enough for now. So yeah, well, and you're in Hardwick, right? I am. Yeah. Hardwick, Vermont. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful little hill on the edge of town. And I feel overwhelmingly blessed with the spot I found Mm. and really just happened, happened into it, you know, as you said, serendipitously. Nice. Yeah. Well, when, when, um, when Tim and I got on the phone last week to sort of talk about it in the podcast, I had just done um, some pretty, you know, I've been working up at Sauna New Recovery Center. And so it's my first time really working with people in, in recovery um, and that have just come out of detox. And I was saying to him, when I do my energy work and stuff, it's been incredible. Like it's been incredible what's transpired. And I just feel, uh, I stand back in awe sometimes to see, uh, people's healing but I it also there's a lot of darkness too that comes out and a lot of holding space for um intense stuff and I said to him sometimes I just want to go play with a kitten after and he's like yeah you should go play with a kitten after and I and I just loved that you were like you know you were you helped me sort of realize that when you hold space as a healer or as a therapist which I consider a healer also um for people and and that's what I was asking you like how how do you like do that every day, you know, and sort of stay resilient? And um, yeah, I, I loved what you said. You, you said, you know, I still go catch frogs and skip stones and, you know, have fun. And yeah, it's all about balance, right? Yeah. And I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there too. I, I think a lot about, you know, how do you hold space without holding on to that trauma, mm-hmm. you know, or how do you, without carrying it with you? Um, and, you know, part of it is recognizing that we're all on our own journey, you know, myself included, and that, you know, you are responsible for your healing and I'm responsible for mine. Mm. And I'm here to support you and can and help you in whatever way I can. But, you know, you have to do the work. And I often say it's my job, but it's your work. And mm. um, then you got to have your own practice, you know, and like, like I said to you last week, it's get out there and catch frogs and skip rocks and I love digging in the dirt and I plant a bunch of trees and build a rock wall. And I look like looking at the rocks and just kind of, you know, 
doing being a kid again, you know, kind of mm-hmm. tapping into that childlike curiosity, I think is so important. Um, you know, I, I joke about, you know, Christmas time as we approach the holidays where it's, I love that I'm expected to eat at the adults table, but I'm always invited to the kids table. <laughs> and it, it always makes me feel like I'm doing something right. Yeah. I, well, I appreciate that. I do sometimes get a little too serious with this journey that we're on. So it is nice to be around that energy because it, it's like, you know, it's contagious and we need more, more of that. I say stand next to people that feel like sunshine as much as possible and then right. try to do it yourself if you can. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough road. I mean, you know, I'm not always, I'm not claiming to be the best at it. I think boundary, I do a lot of work about around boundaries with my clients and, mm. you know, that's as important for me as it is for them, you know, and, and having, you know, your own kind of self-care and your own work outside of that and being able to leave work at work, which is easier, often easier said than done, but it's an important practice. Yeah. So you're bringing up something I'd like to unpack a little bit around the boundaries. Sure. So um, when I think of, you know, it's hard for a lot of us to set boundaries because um, it's uncomfortable. It makes other people uncomfortable and we're not used to being okay with that. Right. But it does allow us to stand in our authenticity and truth. Right. Mm -hmm. And so how, I mean, I just wonder if you have, like, how do you guide people in doing that? And because it is a, like, it's a deconditioning almost to, to allow yourself to be okay um, with setting boundaries that, you know, serve you best, but maybe not, you know, the system you live in or the, the external world. Sure. Well, and you know, you, you mentioned it's kind of like deconditioning or reconditioning yourself. Mm. And I think, you know, we're often built up around these expectations, whether they're societal or familial or, you know, from our partner or our kids or whoever, you know, whatever's these relationships in our life. And so, you know, part of that authenticity and, uh, the work around boundaries is really important to connect with who you are and what your needs are. What do you really want? You know, what are you really feeling? If you're not in touch with your own feelings and with your own desires and your own emotional or psychological or physical needs, then it becomes almost impossible to set those boundaries. Yeah. And then, and then once you're, you're connected with that, it's, it is doing that reconditioning around the belief structure that you've built up or that has, you know, just arisen um, Mm -hmm. through your upbringing and these things that we just kind of believe. And there's, you know, the technique of cognitive behavioral therapy of, you know, cognitive restructuring of how do we challenge those beliefs and that they're, that are so ingrained. And, Mm -hmm. and then the boundaries either look like um, whether it's just enacting them and setting physical boundaries or, you know, or healthy communication, you know, really being able to then express that in vulnerability, you know, Mm -hmm. what, where you're talking about that discomfort that comes, it's because, you know, I think deep down, many of us are what's called agreeableness, you know, that we want Mm -hmm. to smooth the water. Mm -hmm. We don't, we're, we're conflict averse and that we want kind of everyone to get along in these ways. But of course we want what we want too. And part of that vulnerability is recognizing that that's not always going to be the case that, that sometimes my needs and my boundaries are going to 
ruffle some feathers and maybe mm-hmm. rise, you know, bring up some conflict. Mm-hmm. And that's where I talk about, you know, positive conflict and conflict resolution of, you know, just because there's disagreements here or um, misunderstandings doesn't mean we can't work through them and doesn't mean your needs or your desires are less valuable than anyone else's. And then it's really about being able to communicate that in a healthy way. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that um, struck me about you um, was that I felt like you are someone that walks in your authenticity and truth. And yeah. And and I'm just curious. I'm curious about your journey. if, If that's like, there are some people that just, do that. And there's some people that have had circumstances in their life that have led them to be showing up in that way, you know, and then there's others and myself, I'll put in this others category that I I've kind of been a people pleaser and I've spent a lot of time making everyone else comfortable. And it's been a lot of unpeeling. And that was just because I was, you know, unhappy or depressed or, um, you know, just my light was a little dim, right? So I, or circumstances came into my life, I'd say, like, we have these, like, guardrails, like, I, I feel like our journey, like, is, it's, we're all here for a reason, I feel like, I feel like it's kind of up to us to figure out what the hell that is, and to get on the path. And then we have these guide ra- guardrails that kind of knock us back to towards the center line, if we can't quite um, get there on our own, if we keep being in resistance to that. Um, and I don't know if something led you to this this uh, beautiful being that you are and how you move through in your truth. And I know it's not easy and I know there's darkness and there's light. Um, but I just wonder if um, it's kind of how you were brought into this world or you found your way there. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm still finding my way there, right? You know, I think that there's always this, um, to some degree, some mass, some persona that we show to the world in different situations. You know, and my goal is to align, you know, my inner and true self with that persona to be as authentic and genuine in every possible situation. Mm-hmm. Again, it's really, really hard. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it or figured it all out. Um, you know, and it's really hard to pinpoint one thing. You know, I think yeah. I've had 10 plus years of my own therapy through handful of therapists. I've had my own, you know, wrestling with um depression, anxiety, um, you know, kind of the manic depression that Jimi Hendrix sings about, you know, I, I, I'm susceptible to that as well. And I, you know, I was, I had my uh, bout with drugs when I was younger and, um, you know, and I was always kind of a, a contemplative, you know, deep thinker and a thoughtful mm-hmm. kid. Um, you know, I have, and we've spoke a little bit about this and I don't know, you know, I'll try to be as brief, but as detailed as possible. But, you know, I wrestled with some early childhood trauma, physical trauma that resulted in um, pretty major surgery. Mm. And, you know, where I actually had my lung removed. And, um, and, you know, I've always kind of, and and I was what they called failure to thrive. And so I Mm. was, which is, you know, less than 5% chance of survival. And, and so I've always felt kind of, on the cusp of something of, you know, on the edge of the, the spirit realm. And I think at that moment too, I really chose to live, yeah. you know, and that I fought to live, whether, you know, you know, little Tim, and that's, that's what it's all about is taking care of, you know, young Tim, you know, mm. this, this inner child. And, you know, growing up, I remember, I mean, 
God, I had my first existential crisis at like five. I remember it really <laughs> intensely um, wow. of like looking at my hands and being like, I'm Tim. What does that mean? Who am I? Wow. I'm a, I'm a human. At age five. And I was like, and, you know, and I was like, I almost died. I am going to die. You know, what does that mean? Well, I still exist mm-hmm. afterwards. You know, where do I go? Is this, does that, you know, is, do I go anywhere? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I remember crying and my dad kind of, you know, com- comforting me back to sleep. Um, but, you know, I was always that kid that was questioning everything, getting in trouble at school because I was questioning, the, you know, given the my third grade religion teacher a breakdown because I'm like, this stuff doesn't really add up. You know, I was raised, <laughs> was raised Catholic and they're like, you need to talk to the priest. Mm. And, you know, and then in high school, I was, um, you know, I wrestled with drugs and wrestled with depression and, you know, all of those things and being an angsty teenager. And, you know, and of course I wanted to fit in and never really did and wanting to, um, you know, people to like me and, and like wanting to have friends and wanting to have a girlfriend and, you know, wrestling with my own identity and who I was. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, and I was always, kind of, I was kind of older than a lot of the kids because I was yeah. held back with being sickly, but then I was more emotionally mature and more thoughtful. And so I was like always the smallest kid. Like I'm still a, a you know, a smaller human. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was wrestling with that of like being older and more mature and, but being kind of a late bloomer and being smaller physically. And, you know, and I hit this point, um, you know, and speaking of sacred medicine, you know, I was in a really dark place in high school and, um, ended taking up a, attend, ended up taking a, uh, not recommended dose of mushrooms mm. that l- really led to this breakthrough for me where I, I kind of, you know, I kind of explain it where it's, you know, we're growing and we kind of, we hit these walls of our own box. And sometimes that can feel really, you know, restrictive and constrictive. And, and then this experience blew through that. And then, you know, now I make a new box that's bigger. And then Mm -hmm. I've had other experiences that keep pushing me through that. Um, So, you know, I'm not sure if I fully answered your question, but it's more of, you know, as you break through these things, it's more and more this discovery of, you know, who am I and who, and kind of getting out of my own way. You know, I believe that we are all reflections of whatever's going on here, this divine mystery. And it's really, for me, it's about getting out of my own way, you know, not thinking too hard about it and just really going into what feels natural and organic um, and trying to be, you know, honest with myself, you know, vulnerable with myself. Again, easier said than done, and I'm not perfect at it, but mm-hmm. um and then, you know, kind of the last thing is I'm, I'm like a pure extrovert. I'm very extrovert. I'm very open to experience. Um, I recommend everyone kind of looking into the the big five personality traits. I did some research around this, but it's, you know, it's the, and agreeableness is one, openness to experience and extroversion. And so I very much view others as a mirror of, my, of myself. And so as a pure extrovert, I'm constantly trying to connect with as many people as possible. Mm. And, and, it, and, you know, and especially kids, I worked with kids for a while, like kids are brutally honest and yeah. they'll, they will, they will see right through your bullshit, pardon my French. But it's like, if you're, if you're trying to play games or trying to, you know, pull a fast one, they will call you out on it immediately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in that way, it, it really keeps you accountable and keeps you honest. And, yeah. and so that's what I tried to bring to, you know, all of my social interactions and, and live that life. You know, I find it yeah. easier to be genuine 
out in, you know, whether it's, um, you know, playing pool or dancing or going for a walk at the gas station. Then sometimes I do just sitting by myself and, you know, quiet contemplation. It's harder to be authentic in that space then but that may be an extroverted thing i don't know and so mm. it's uh it's constantly a kink trying to stay accountable trying to keep that stay responsible for for yourself yeah oh that's thanks for sharing all that i i i didn't know all of that journey and um it kind of makes sense to me yeah and <laughs> having just met you Perry's and but, all of those places but I, I would put you in that like old soul category. And I think that that makes sense at five to be sort of um, inquisitive about those kinds of questions. That's pretty profound, I, w I would say. But I also just think like I'm moved by your ability to um, to really be an extrovert in that way, like to still hold space for this messiness of life, you know, and to really... Um, not only that, but sort of step in fully. And so interesting about like working with kids. I always feel like they have such a thin veil. It's like we come in like with these, as these little soul beings, right? That, you know, we have like this inner, I think, knowing and intelligence. And then, you know, as humans, we kind of layer up and we have other humans trying to guide us on this path and we're far from perfect, right? And so I do feel like it's so much, it's so rewarding to work with children in that way. Like even from a healing perspective, it's like they go there like, like that. And yeah. yeah. And it sounds to me like they almost, and I would say this probably happens in my life being surrounded by children. They kind of keep me, um, they keep me real. They keep me honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they, they do kind of call you out, but you have to have this level of awareness to even notice that though. It, yeah, I mean, I think going back to what you were saying, it is a it is a lot about this, you know, deconditioning side. You know, I think as a kid, we are, you know, full of wonder and curiosity and we wear it on our sleeve. Like you said, the, the veil is very thin, mm -hmm. you know, and as we get older, we have all of these expectations projected on us. We take on more responsibility. We start, you know, conforming to the world and trying to fit in and find our place in it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's hard to kind of, you know, a brazenly kind of forge your own path and just say, Hey, this is who I am. Deal with it. And yeah. especially because we're all, and you know, and then I talk a lot about, I work a lot with trauma and I deal a lot. I talk about a lot about armoring mm -hmm. and de-armoring. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's, you know, as kids, it's like, we're, we're free and open and we're light and we're, and, and that's why childhood trauma is so, is so damaging and is mm -hmm. so, and, you know, and it causes a ripple effect throughout our entire life often. And, you know, and then as we, you know, tack on the traumas throughout our life, which I believe we all are, you know, suffering, broken, traumatized souls, you know, we, we, we put these different armor plates on and it's, and we, and, you know, and I'm only willing to show and be vulnerable to in certain situations and, you know, God forbid I'm ever forced to be vulnerable or put in that position again, because I'll fight like hell, you know? And, and so part of that is coming to a safe space and, you know, really making the conscious choice to take off some of that armor, show those wounds to someone, be vulnerable. And, and then, and in that space, find some healing and, and be able to be light again, you know, again, go back to catching frogs and skipping rocks and, yeah. and, and feeling safe and secure. And, you know, 
and I was just in my own therapy today and I've talked a lot about, you know, parenting myself, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I don't want to disparage my parents. I love both of them dearly. And, and both of them would be the first to admit they're not perfect. No one is. Mm -hmm. And so part of that is, I think as we grow into adults, it's that self-awareness of, mm -hmm. Hey, what did I need when I was a kid mm -hmm. and what was I tapping into? Mm -hmm. And, and then how did I adapt and, and adjust to get those needs met? And how is this, and now what mechanisms did I develop that are no longer serving me? Mm -hmm. And how can I go back and take care of young Tim? Mm -hmm. you know, and take and whether that's in my meditation or my visualizations, in mm -hmm. my self-care, it's saying like, hey, you know, if that means I'm going to go, you know, jump in a river and collect pretty stones or I'm going to eat ice cream for dinner. Not necessarily yeah. recommended, you know, but it's, <laughs> it's um, yeah. you know, but sometimes that's what we need, you know, yeah. Of learning through that experience and just being able to, to hold space for ourselves. Yeah. So and, yeah. I love that. I, I, I love so much of it. There's like a million things I could ask you, but one thing um, I love, I love that parent. I've not heard it said that way before that parenting of yourself. And you, you kind of have referred to your young Tim a few times. And, um, and I, and I do, I have led people on that journey of like, trying to remember the 10 year old version of themselves just in a way to tap into that mysticism and that, you know, that like ability to be uncertain and to not know what's around the corner, but be really excited about what potentially could be there. Right. Mm -hmm. But you're also saying, and I love that, like, what do you need, you know, or also like just set, maybe just saying I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry <laughs> to ourselves. I know sometimes people have a hard time with that. And when I first heard, like, maybe just put your hand on your heart and just say, like, it's okay, darling, what do you need? You know, it sounds silly. But man, when I do that, it's incredibly powerful. And I just melt inside. Yeah. Well, and you know, yeah. we, we talked when we met, you know, we talked a lot about forgiveness. And I know that was, that was a big, um, kind of theme in, in our, in our shared journey. And, yeah. you know, and I think it's really, you know, I think as, again, we, we kind of layer on these traumas as we grow older and we kind of, you know, when we build up this kind of bitterness or resentment or darkness, whatever yeah. we want to call it, mm -hmm. excuse me. And, you know, part of that is forgiving those for not being what we wished they could have been, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, and then forgiving ourselves too for, for the stuff that we did as kids and for, mm -hmm. you know, and as, and even now, you know, the stuff I did yesterday, allowing ourselves to be, to be forgiven and to ask for that, to say, I'm sorry. And to, you know, that it takes a, it's a strong, difficult situation to say, Hey, I messed up mm -hmm. and I'm sorry. And to really mm -hmm. be accountable for that. And, mm -hmm. and then, you know, it's important that we have others that surround that keep us accountable as well. I think that's yeah. the, the benefit and necessity of community, mm -hmm. but also, you know, we need to live in that integrity as well of how do we hold ourselves accountable and to go back and see ourselves as this kid who's figuring it out. Yeah. And, and that's, that's as true for me as it is for you and for my parents and grandparents, you know? Yeah. I love well, my we are year old grandpa, but he's still figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think the journey ever ends until we die and, you know, begin again, I guess. Right. Um, but I hope to like pack a lot in this lifetime, I guess. That's what I, yeah. Or I, not, I hope, I or hope unpack. this is the last I guess one. Maybe it's unpack. I don't know. Um, yeah. 
well, and we can we can go down that rabbit hole too. I'm not sure what I really <laughs> think about all of that fully, but it's you know, yeah, you know, regardless, I hope I, I level up wherever I go. Yeah, leveling up, I guess. You know, I, I say like my religion is anything that moves me closer to the light, right? Right. You know, yeah. And, you know, I want to return to the to the oneness. You know, and I want to return mm-hmm. back to the you know the unification with everything and whatever mm-hmm. we call that. I think mm-hmm. is largely irrelevant, you know, and when we, when we start labeling and putting all of these things on it, that's when we start separating, mm-hmm. you know, and I think as kids, it's easier, you know, when we, you know, when we talk about, um, you, you know, or what the, the major religions, I, I was raised in the Catholic tradition, you know, I still have an affinity for Christ and Jesus. And, you know, it says to approach with, you know, childlike wonder and curiosity. It's that thin veil of approaching something of just like, Hey, this is a mystery and what's going on. And I'm going to try to experience it. And, and as we get older, we're like, we, we have this illusion or delusion that, Hey, we figured some of those things out. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) no, we never really do, you know? Yeah. It's like the more I talk to people and the more I learn about others and myself, the more I'm convinced that no one knows what the hell's going on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's almost like we're we're these humans trying to I don't know it's kind of weird like that we're just kind of find our way back to where we began I guess in the end you know um because if you strip it away if you strip all the materialism away I, you know what's really left except the the earth I don't you know I don't know yeah I, I mean coming back I, to that like I, I guess we're just supposed to be tending to the earth I think pretty much and each other, I guess. Yeah, you know, I think that there's, you know, there's the there's the mix. You know, there's there's Mother Earth and Father Sky, right? Mm-hmm. I don't and the divine masculine, the divine feminine, the yin and the mm-hmm. yang. You know, as it is represented by the Tao, and as this comes together, and you know, I, I think that there is this important, and again, I don't I don't claim to know, but it seems that you know cultures have been onto this for a really long time you know there is the the you know it's the phallus and the womb you know the obelisk and the dome it is the the earth and the 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 matter of which the the form is impregnated into you know and it's mm-hmm. and, and 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 i think that these are important for moving forward towards approaching whatever we you know are trying to figure out as truth you know that mm-hmm. there's there's this, there's this wide expansive universe that, you know, is, is really a wide span. Right. And it's just a lot of hydrogen and helium and a lot of nothing going on for a long time. And then it, and it focuses and telescopes in more and more and more, and it becomes telescopic until this point of unity. And then it's the, the wide expansive, you know, span of everything that is also the oneness and then the infinitesimally small point that is kind of telescoping in on itself. Um, And I think these are both necessary um, as we approach an approximation of truth or, Mm. you know, reunification with the one, but then, you know, you find, you know, the, the meaning at the depth, it's infinitesimally small and so incredibly deep. And then in there you find the universe again, you know, so it's, it's sort of it, like the ocean and the drop of the ocean and in the drop of the ocean is the ocean. Right. And it's, right? And it's kind of this, this weird paradoxical cyclical thing that, yeah. you know, we're all just a part of and yeah. you know, we are the universe experiencing itself. You know, I don't remember who said that it was, 
I don't want to misattribute it to Carl Sagan or someone, but it's, you know, that's kind of what it is, you know, the consciousness, the, you know, kind of taking form. Yeah. And these are both necessary to stay in balance as we find our way. And again, Mm -hmm. getting out of my, not separating from that, but allowing it to, to manifest through me mm-hmm. and right. you know, whatever wants to come through, through me. Yeah. And for that's is true for you and for everybody else. Everybody else. Yeah. And, and I mean, I asked, oh, go ahead. oh, sorry. Yeah. It's just our paths are different. Yeah. And I think that, you know, they are different and they're all the same probably. Um, <laughs> not well, to keep going around in circles here, but I mean, I do think, you know, I think we all, I, I try to tell my, my kids, you know, we're all here for a reason and it's kind of your job to figure out what that is, especially when they're in adolescence and it's like, uh, you know, and you're kind of like, they're not even comfortable in your own skin, right? It's just to sort of say, you know, you do matter, right? And, and the struggles, let's, you know, the struggles that come into our life, I feel like are, are just our uh, opportunities, really. And I think one thing I... Uh, since this is my second family raising, I'm so much better about calling out the uncomfortable feelings. And this is a generational shift too. We're getting better. We have language. We're okay to speak the truth, even when it's not good, you know, even when it's grief, you know, there's grief and gratitude and we can feel them both at the same time, fear and love, right? They both belong and they you know, but instead of avoiding it, which I think, you know, is a lot of our addiction, a lot of our grasping you know Mm -hmm. instead like just learning that um you know it loses its power over us if we can just acknowledge it but we have to have like i was saying um and this is where mindfulness helped me many years ago and you know you two talking about just being really present with your experience um and not getting caught up with you know the wave but like if you're a surfer you're like finding that smooth center underneath the wave right Mm -hmm. as they come and they go And one of the things that I was thinking about was when we did come together in community up at Rootstock, that's where we met. I mean, part of these retreats and gatherings are just that we can come together in our, in a state of struggle, most of us looking for some healing, you know, but what a, in all of our stories are different, but it, and that's what brings us together. Mm. Right. Yeah. Just, just like here, you're like, we share because, um, our stories validate our journey, let us know we're not alone. And that in itself is healing. Yeah. And I think there's a real magic in, you know, expressing that vulnerability and showing, you know, showing those wounds to others mm-hmm. and saying like, Oh, Hey, I have mine too. Let's hold each mm-hmm. other. Yeah. You know, that, you know, and I've, and, and I often, I have, I have friends who, and like, you know, I don't do my job because like, I mean, yes, I, I have to pay the bills and I do have to jump through those hoops and whatever, but I don't do it because, you know, it's just a job. I do it because I am passionate about it and I love it. Mm. You know, and I often, my friends will, and they always, I've always been this way when I was younger, my friends would come to me for support or advice. And, you know, I was always a good empathic listener. And then oftentimes they'll say like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want a therapy session or like, I don't want to burden you. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, you deal with that all day. You don't need to hear this. And I'm like, you know, brother, sister, like, I love you. I care about you. I go like, I, I share some of my burden with you and you share some with me Mm -hmm. and together we carry that. And it feels Mm -hmm. lighter. 
mm-hmm. even though we're carrying the same amount, you know, I mm-hmm. might give you some of mine and you take, you know, and you take some, and I take some of yours and we carry it for as long as we need. And then, Hey, I get a little bit of rest. I get a little reprieve. I get a little healing. And then we might go our separate ways, mm-hmm. but it's so important that we support each other in that, in, in that healing process, you know, mm-hmm. and we, we can't do it alone. Um, yeah. you, what, what you said struck me and just that, you know, using these opportunities, using these as opportunities, you know, as like when something happens or when something challenging or traumatic is using these as opportunities to go deeper into our journey and into our mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, I'm struck by the, um, the quote by Carl Jung, which is, you know, that which we refuse to acknowledge in our unconscious. So often that these patterns come up again and again, and you're like, why mm-hmm. does this keep happening? And it's yeah. because it's like, and that will eventually become presented or be presented to us as fate, you know, is that we have to be self-aware of that. We have to engage with it and we have to look at it in the face and go, what am I supposed to learn from this? What am I supposed to take away? You know, how can I be present? How can I engage with this in a meaningful way that helps me grow and heal? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I believe that's what life is about, you know, not the rat race and not the career or not the image or, you know, not the prestige or whatever it is. It's, it's about that process. Mm. And, you know, again, I, I, it's easier to speak it than it is to do it. And, you know, and I, you know, I run into that as well. It's like, I'm trying to live it and, you know, I hit barriers on a daily basis, you know, and there's Mm -hmm. resistance all over the place, but I try to see those as opportunities for growth and healing. Yeah, I do too. And I think, and I, you must see this with people you work with, like patterns that repeat themselves in certain, you know, mm. people's lives. And you sort of have to be a mirror for that, I'm sure, right? To try to show people the patterning or have them not show it, but have them sort of discover it. and Yeah, to um, hold a mirror to it. Yeah, yeah. But it is, I feel like the universe or, you know, the circumstances are coming in their life to sort of say, nope, like, Here's your karmic two by four again. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and that's, that I think is actually one of the hardest parts of my work Mm -hmm. and in that, you know, and it's the stuff that like, so I'm admittedly, I'm still um, young and I'm still learning and growing and I think always will be, but, and as a result, I'm kind of impatient. And there is, like you said, there's that sometimes there is, I want to take that two by four and hit them and be like, yeah. like how do you not see this? Like, ah, yeah. and like my own frustration comes out and my own projection and my own kind of timeline comes in. Yeah. And, but then I have to go back and recognize they're in a different, they're in a different journey. They're on a different path. And it's, and that's where I go back to like, you know, I can't hold on to their healing so tightly mm-hmm. that it's, mm-hmm. this may be my job, but it's their work to do. Mm-hmm. And and that if, if, if it means that we are working together for three years and we're going in circles and circles and circles, but I guess that's where, again, it's, I challenge myself of how can I, how can I be that mirror? How can I help them see this pattern mm-hmm. and break that cycle, mm-hmm. you know, of getting out of it? And it's like, and man, I got to tell you, that's where my own practice becomes really important yeah. because that's where it can be draining, you know, to have the same Converse, it feels like Groundhog Day, you know, having the same yeah. conversation over and over. Yeah. And, and then it's just like, you, you know, when you see and feel their suffering in it, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that like, 
it's like, oh, come on. It's so easy. It's just like, no, there's real pain there. Mm -hmm. There's real suffering and trauma. And, and it's not always so easy, but it's just like, you know, you know, when you're not doing yourself any favors and you're kind of kicking yourself when you're down, it's like, man, how do you pull yourself out of that? And I think, you know, this is a good point to, we touched on this analogy, um, last week and it was a great mentor of mine who, you know, one of the few I've had. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I remember wrestling with this, you know, when I kind of first had this, um, enlightening experience of, you know, it's the, you know, I think the Buddhists will call it like Satori, you know, it's the, like the glimpse of what's of Nirvana of what's possible. And then the work really begins. And I remember being like, how do I share that? How do I want to help people? And like, Mm -hmm. and you know, and he said to me, he goes, yeah, like you found this path and now you're on it. You cannot, it's like, you know, you can no longer go back to that. And you are, and you see these people on the path and they're up to their necks and shit. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, again, and it's, it's not a good image. And you're like, and you're like, Hey, I was there too. Let me help you look at that. I found this clear way. And, and, you know, when they are kind of, and then you reach in or you try to get in there with them and pull them out. And ultimately they resist you. It's like, I don't know if you've ever seen someone who's drowning or if you ever save someone, Mm -hmm. but it's like, they will pull you down with them. Mm -hmm. So that's why we tell you to push them away and like, and then figure it out. But you know, oftentimes what they say is like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? It's like, I'm okay where the neck, where the, the shit is up to here because it's manageable. And now mm-hmm. you're making waves. And now this, now it's becoming unbearable. Mm-hmm. And they don't see that it could, that you can actually get free from that. Yeah. And, and so that can be, and then part of that is sitting there and kind of being in it with them. Yeah. You know? And how long, and then it's like, and then sometimes you, keep going and maybe you help get them a little bit unstuck. And, and that's maybe they, they, you reach your, you know, the, the natural end of your work together and our paths cross and then they, then they uncross. And then maybe another therapist comes in or a healer or a coach or a friend or a lover or whoever and helps pull them out a little bit more until then, then they say, Oh, I'm on my own journey here. And Mm -hmm. I now can help other people along the way. Hopefully they get there, but it's also accepting they might not, you know, whether it's through your lens or even I'll say as a mother, right? You know, you want the best for outcome for the people you love in your life. But I, I have come to really accept that, um, you know, I'm powerless over that. You know, I can love, right? right. And help when I can, but yeah, as you said earlier, it's all, all of our own work to do. It's up to us how we choose to embrace this. And some people want to just stay stuck in the ship. Maybe not consciously. I was actually at a yoga retreat and we were talking about um, um, detachment, right? And talking about the idea, this was bhakti yoga, that we're all really unconditional love, you know, once we dust off the mirrors of our heart and that the material world is really where our suffering is or Maya, the illusion that the material world would bring us happiness. And there was a woman that came that was from Boston and she didn't really know she was coming to, I think, really talk deep about Bhakti. But when at the end of it, she's like, well, I'm really glad to learn about all this, but I'm okay being in Maya this lifetime. <laughs> I'm kind of comfortable here. And it's like, all right, you know, so we yeah. all do. And that's, you know, I've, and I think I still wrestle with this, but it's just like, you know, you want to like, you know, 
force enlightenment on people and you, and you can't really do that. No. And it's, it's just, and you know, and it is just like, you know, you plant a seed, someone else comes along and waters it, you know, and then, and it's this, that process. Yeah. And I yet, mean, I have, I have a hard enough time every day keeping my head out of the mud to tell you the truth, but I do, I do want, want it for all of us. Right. And if you've touched upon a, some sort of deep knowing, you know, or some little whisper of wisdom or some little moment of enlightenment, you're like, you do, you want to like shout it from the mountaintops, you know? Right. But, well, and that, that's where I go back to continually that like, I can only be responsible for my healing. Mm -hmm. If, if my fate gets tied up with yours and your journey, then likely we're, you know, then it's like, we're either going down, well, likely we're both going to drag each other down. Yeah. It's like, you know, we have to be, you know, invested in ourselves and in our own journey and process. Yeah. Whereas if I, if I take the weight on, of all of my clients and the responsibility for their growth and healing, then, you know, I'm eventually just going to get pulled into that mud with them because the reality is that, you know, we're all on different paths, different time, different timelines. And, mm -hmm. you know, we don't know. I don't know where yours leads or frankly where mine does, but I can't, mm -hmm. you know, I can just support you when our paths cross, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and then, and then when it feels organic and natural to, Hey, they, they can uncross and that's okay too. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure that's what makes you a really good therapist is the ability to just be able to hold that kind of space. And I mean, and do the work for yourself, right? Cause the best we can do is show up as the best version of ourselves. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I often, I mean, thank you. I appreciate that. And I, I, I think I do have high standards and I try to, you know, be the best, um, you know, I don't want to just say professional because there is that level there, but it's, it's a very unique relationship. It's not a, yeah. I don't think it's not a professional relationship. It's a therapeutic one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I often get imposter syndrome where I'm like, where I, cause I think anytime if you're engaged in this work, um, you know, and I'm talking about, you know, the healing of myself. It's like, eventually you get to this point where you're like, I don't know what the hell I am doing. Yeah. Yeah. What? Like, where am I at? Yeah. And, I've been and then you're like, and then you question yeah. everything again. It's just yeah. like, am I, am I a good therapist? Am yeah. I, you know, like, am I an adult? Like what, yeah. you know, like, and you know, when yeah. I'm not a father yet and these things, but I think that, you know, I hope to be one day. And it's like, and if, you know, again, God willing is, and as we become elders or grandparents, or as we enter into these different life phases, it's just kind of, we, we take up that gauntlet as it, as it's presented to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you either rise, you know, you, you rise to the occasion, you know, yeah. what else can we do? And, and again, it's another opportunity to, for growth and healing, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, ultimately I come back to that of, of the space of surrender and letting go and, and mm -hmm. getting to this place of like letting, you know, whatever wants to, and not whatever, you know, letting whatever we want to call it, letting God work through me, you know, mm -hmm. aligning my will with God's will so that yeah. they are, you know, synonymous. And, mm -hmm. and that's, uh, you know, that's all I can do. It is all we can do. And I, I think I, I, that's why it's so important though, to have mentors in our life. I get the slipperiness beneath my feet at times too. Like, who am I to think I know how to hold space for people in recovery through healing, you know, and then something miraculous happens before my eyes. And I'm like, I, I, I was just breathing and holding space. And then I realized the higher I can keep my vibration around that, 
And the more light I have, it's again, we just become these vessels for other people's healing and for our own, which yeah. honestly is what it's taken in my life to give me permission to take care of myself and to rest. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, you know, that's something that I think, um, and again, maybe this is my personality and like, and, or my, maybe it's from my early childhood trauma or, um, by a sign of my youth still, but it's like, man, I feel like a kid sometimes where it's like, I need to be told to rest. You know, I'm mm. so extroverted and I'm so open that mm. I often will go out or I'll go dancing or to a festival or whatever. And it's just like, and I just want everything all the time. And so it's like, <laughs> I do need to be like be mothered and being like, here's your blanket. You need to sleep. It's okay. Here's your snack. Go lay down. I love that. And, I love that. And, and, and you know, that, that giving yourself permission to rest, that it doesn't yeah. always have to be, you know, fighting. And, yeah. and I think that's, you know, I, I was at a very young age, I was fighting and I still, you know, so whether it's the physical traumas that I've experienced or my own emotional and psychological ones, it's like, you know, sometimes this life does feel like a fight mm. and, you know, and I, I and I don't necessarily, I mean, it feels natural to go here, but it's like, this is where some of my concern for the world is, you know, mm -hmm. I think that we've, we're seeing, um, you know, a dissolving of our communities and of our, you know, and this kind of elevation of the individual and ideals mm -hmm. and, and that we're losing this touch with our tradition and with our elders, you know, we no longer have this, this system of, of maintaining values and traditions and these are being eroded constantly, mm. you know, and, yeah. and it, and it can, you know, again, I'm not a father, but I have strong paternal instincts. I'd like to be one day. I've, I've worked with kids for, you know, most of my life and, and I'm, I'm worried, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm like, be, because we don't have these, those guardrails, as you said, you know, the structure yeah. around, you know, and, and I think that, when we talk about tearing down institutions or tearing down structures and rebuilding, it's just like, like, we don't know what we're getting into. You know, these are forces that are bigger than we understand, yeah. you know, and when you, when you kind of tear down the the order, what you are left with is chaos. Yeah. And a lot of that out of there, it's, you know, I'm, you know, and I don't want to give into that fear side of things because I believe it all works out in the end, you know, and yeah. I'm ultimately a, uh, just how much suffering are we going to have in the process, right? Well, right. And it's yeah. you know, the Phoenix journey, right? You know, that you're consumed and engulfed so that you can be reborn again. And that, mm -hmm. you know, out of the, the chaos can come a better order to some degree. And, but that's where I'm, you know, I am concerned with our current. Yeah. State I don't of, think you're alone in that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I, one thing you said to me when we were on our walk, and I think you were saying it around, you're having been raised Catholic and, you know, just sort of finding your way around spirituality. You said like people need structure, but they need some, you need some flexibility within that structure, you yeah. know? And so, you know, I think things are changing. Yes. So much in our world right now, and it is time to deconstruct some of it, but you know, it's also time. It also like, I think this idea around connection and around, this lineage and the wisdom that we have to share. It's hard when we have Google, um, our, <laughs> you know, our kids and their little, you know, our weapons of mass distraction. You know, it, I, I can, like I'm that. really concerned about this human connection and this ability to know, because um, there's, we can never replace that with technology. 
you know? And like, I, I'm afraid we're, I'm afraid of this generation. And again, not to get into the fear thing, because I still like, we're here doing the work as humans trying to help us, uh, us stay resilient and stay like um, within this vessel uh, and, and the knowledge that's here, the innate, innate intelligence, right? Um, and again, we have a generation with a lot of anxiety and a lot of mental health issues as a result of all this overstimulus and the stress. I'm kind of going all over the place here, but it comes back to this structure, maybe if nothing else, of being able to kind of come back and befriend ourselves and understand, you know, this, you know, these cycles that we get in. And I was listening, um, I don't know if you've heard of Judson Brewer, but he's done a lot of work around anxiety. And he talks about like, it's fear combined with uncertainty that causes that anxiety, right? And that, um, you know, our and we, it's not really the, the anxiety we have to figure out as much as the reward system that we give to that anxiety. And that when we can understand that, then we can insert this awareness right? You know, to it, like, say it's smoking, right? And then you really get, you know, you're, you're anxious, you grab a cigarette, you smoke, but then it's like, I realize, okay, I'm doing that every time. And then you then you insert this, like, well, if you're going to smoke, like, really taste that cigarette, really, you know, get into that experience. And then you're like, wow, this is kind of disgusting, right? And I feel <laughs> pretty crappy every time after I do it. And over time, you can ch change that reward system. Um, I don't know. That's just another way to like kind of begin to recognize and know ourselves. And if we can get back to that level of understanding and connection, maybe we'll begin to see how we've become siloed and how we do need each other and how none of those fixes are going to fix this. Right. Right. Well, and I think that's how to be an authentic human. Right. You know, I think that um, and I talk a lot about like locus of control as well. You know, there's so many times we get, you know, we can go into that fear and that anxiety and uncertainty and, you know, we can, you know, whether, and as we're approaching winter, which I feel like in Vermont, we all feel so acutely, you know, we can like almost feel this, the snow and the frost coming and the sense yeah. of urgency and, and, you know, and that we can, and when I talk to people, whether they get upset about what's happening across the world and whether it's climate change or the political climate or, you know, the what's happening in the state or with their family across the world or what's going on and, you know, whatever. And yeah. I always try to bring it back to the self, right? So what can mm -hmm. I do to feel more safe, to feel more mm -hmm. secure? You know, can I, can, can I board up some, you know, put some hay bales up to create more insulation? You know, can yeah. I get, and a few extra cords of wood, you know, or some more pellets or, you know, put aside some money for some oil or whatever it is. What can I do to make sure that I can, you know, feel a little more secure in that? And, yeah. you know, the reality is we're never fully secure in this. Yeah. And it's, but when we start kind of projecting all of this out on, you know, places that we have zero control over. Mm -hmm. And it's like we get all of this anger and a, a sadness or, you know, hurt and we embody that trauma. And I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, it's so removed from me. Yeah. And so I try to bring us back to like, where are you at now? What can you do in your life that yeah. is practical, that is for your own benefit, your own healing and those around yeah. you. And only then can you expand out to maybe it's your family. Maybe it's like the little hill you live on. Maybe it's your yeah. small town then maybe it's the state, then maybe it's your country, you know? Yeah. And then before you know it, you've changed the world. Yeah, and right, one small step. 
I love right. that coming back to, yeah, I love that. And even well, if it's just putting your feet on the ground and feeling that maybe that's right. your starting point, <laughs> go well, stand up barefoot in the earth. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the, that's that awareness, right? It's the, yeah. like you said, actually like, you know, not just blindly smoking the cigarette, but being like, all right, I'm going to make this decision consciously. Yeah. I'm going to smoke the cigarette. And like, what is it, you know, Oh, this was a reminder to breathe more. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's, that's nice. I can get more into my body. And, mm-hmm. and then as you're becoming more present and aware of your physical body, you know, you become more aware of your emotional or psychological mm-hmm. body or your energetic or your spiritual body. And as you become more aware of this in, in time and space and whatever this manifestation is, then you can yeah. move through the world in a way that feels genuine and authentic. Yeah. Oh, I you love know? that. And if you don't like it, then you, you can, we go our separate ways. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, I also love that. I think, um, uh, well, I don't love this, but I'm sharing this like analogy that like when we focus so much on things that are beyond our control, right. Then that's sort of just distracting us really from something we actually can shift and change. So I don't know, in the media, we're like, we're so pulled, like, there's so many opportunities to be pulled. I'm just asking us to be aware of that. (laughs) Just just know that. And when you feel yourself just spending time in things that just heighten your anxiety and worry, um, you know, worry is just a way of us thinking we have some control because we're going to spend our effort on worrying, right? Right. Um, Just use that, like, maybe use that as an opportunity to say, oh, maybe, maybe I'll just come and breathe and feel my body for a minute, you know, feel my connection to the earth. And maybe I'll let all that other stuff fall away. And let's see what's there now. Then it suddenly lets us exhale a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, and I think that's the, that's like the purpose of grounding, you know, getting out of this, you know, the, you know, devices of mass distraction or getting out of, getting out of our own heads and, you know, putting our feet on the ground, you know, touching rocks, feeling water, swimming, you know, digging our, you know, planting something, you know, building a rock wall, um, whatever. Or getting your blankie and going in the corner and taking a nap. (laughs) Right. Well, and this is why one of the first things I always recommend, you know, in just a very practical sense, it's like, you know, are you, do you have good sleep habits? Are you, what are you eating? You know, Mm -hmm. what are, what's your exercise level? You know, just doing those things and it's, and then finding something that you, can do consistently that you enjoy doing. It doesn't have to be this like huge overarching goal of like, you know, I'm going to run a marathon or I'm going to, you know, be a power lifter or, you know, whatever. It shouldn't be as simple as going for a walk in the woods. Yeah. You know, and better than that. Right. And it's, and it doesn't have to be this, you know, maybe getting a few house plants and, you know, potting some, potting some plants. And it's, but we get so caught up in these other things and get caught up in our own head where it's like, where it is just this call back to the body, this call yeah. back to the breath, this moment, what can we do? And, you know, and this is where I'm a big proponent of, you know, martial arts as well, because mm. it forces you to be in that moment. Mm. You know, there is this, you know, you get kind of this adrenaline rush and this kind of almost fight or flight that kicks in where you're like, okay, I have to be focused on my breath and I have to be in my body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then life feels a little bit easier when you're like, all right, I just fought off death for, you know, however long. And it's, it, you know, yeah. I can, you know, I can go do that paperwork or I can go talk to that girl or I can, you yeah. know, whatever it is. 
I like that. I mean, it doesn't always have to be like this stillness when we talk about coming to center. It can be anything that takes your focus into the moment. Mm. It can be riding through the woods on a mountain bike where you got to friggin' pay attention, right? right? Or as you said, in, engage in the martial arts and definitely um, need to be there, especially if you're, I don't know, sparring. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it depends on, yeah, sparring. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But you know, I'm also a big fan of, you know, whether it's movement meditation, it's why I, I love dance as well. You know, mm. this ability to, you know, to flow, you know, this idea yeah. of getting in a place that is where you're challenged, but it, you know, challenged, but not, not overly defeated. And yeah. it keeps your interest enough. It's not boring for you. Yeah. And so finding something that you can do to, to develop and grow in that way. And it's like, mm -hmm. and I think whatever movement you find, you know, I've tended toward martial arts and dance and, you know, other people it's, you know, whatever it's what you have to find what works yeah. for you. And yep. that's always going to be different. Yeah. But have so. fun exploring it. Like maybe as we said earlier, like, Go back to that younger version of yourself and remember what you used to like to do. You right. Know? Well, and then I think it's that's the hard part too. Is you know, it's as we get really passionate about something, it's like remember, you know, you're most likely not going to go professional in it, and this is for <laughs> fun. This is for enjoyment. You know, I'm like all the boys in my house when I say, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" They're like, "Well, I'm going to be a professional uh, football player," or you know, I'm like, "Well, what's your backup plan?" Right. And it's, you know, it's, 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 and you know, I don't want to squash dreams and that too, yeah. but like, you know, I, I joke and say, you know, no matter how good you are at something, there's always some, you know, you know, 10 year old savant over in China and YouTube is crushing <laughs> you at it. Right. And, it's like, and, and that's okay. You yeah. know, it's like, the, it's like the, the amount of people who are like at the, the peak performance of something is so infinitesimally small. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's it's not realistic, you know, and that's okay. It doesn't make you less valuable because you aren't a peak performance athlete or singer or dancer or whatever, artist or it, but you can be enough with yeah. just in the process. Right. That's, that's sort of like a self-care from the inside out. Like, right, you're doing it for that, not from like the outside in. Which yeah, is, for the sake of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that acceptance, right. The acceptance of where I'm at of yeah. like, you know, that's where my friend talks about, you know, I've only been doing it for not a very long time, you know, a year or so, but this idea of a white belt mentality, it's like, mm. you're going, which is the first belt you get. It's like, okay. you're going to, you're going to get your ass kicked. You're going to eat humble pie. And there's always going to be someone who can do that. And it's like, and like, as you get a bit more advanced, you're like, Oh, I know something. And then eventually it's like, no, you're going to get humbled and going back to that space of I'm constantly learning, yeah. I'm constantly growing. And that, you know, at the end, I don't really know anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same on the yoga journey and the life journey. If you're, you know, awake and pondering it, like, as you said, a few times over, the more we know, the more we realize we don't know. Right. And, <laughs> you know, I also want to be careful not to like, you know, overstate these things. I don't know if it can be overstated, but it's like, you know, I just want to stress too, that it's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, and I like, I like your, your podcast name and like everyday gurus and these things. And even my friend joked last night, she's like, I feel like you're the town guru. And I was like, don't tell me that. Like that will just go to my head. And I was just like, I am an idiot. I don't know 
what I'm talking about. And, yeah. I, and I mean, that's, you know, there's a balance there, of course, but yeah. it's, it's more of like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be gurutized, you know, in the sense of that, like you, like in the, the spirit of your podcast, it's that we're all our own teachers in mm -hmm. a lot of way and that mm -hmm. we're all a guru to somebody. And it's like, we all are teachers and we're all learning from each other. Exactly. So, exactly. Know, it's, and I think there's a danger in there of being like, Hey, I got it. And, you know, and like, you know, yeah. where, where I, I joke a lot where I'm just like, Oh, I either want to like take over politically or start a cult. And it's just <laughs> like, you know, it's like, this is not, the, this is not the way. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we just keep finding our way further down the path. That's all we can do. Right. Tim, you've shared like so much today. I'm really so grateful for all of it. And I, I usually ask people their, their, um, you know, how they stay resilient. And I think you've shared a bit of that between your martial arts and your just engaging in physical sense, you know, being present with all your activities. Is there is there anything you want to add to that other than what you've shared? Well, I mean, I think there is that, you know, to the resilience, it's, it's the vulnerability, you know, of, mm. of, and really trying to show up in that way. And mm. ideally too, you know, I'm working at building community. I'm working at finding, I, I'm a big believer in, in, in finding meaning and purpose in our lives, you know, mm -hmm. whatever that may be and wherever mm -hmm. we can find that. And, you know, I found that, when we find something we're passionate about and that, that can, when what this can just, this can be as simple as, you know, uh, a job or, you know, a career path, or it can be having kids or, you know, the really a vocation or whatever that may be, or your art, whatever it is where you find that meaning and that passion that, that tends to insulate from, you know, mm. the suffering in life. And without that, if we strip away that meaning, then, and that's where my concern for, you know, the values and these things come in where it's like, we need that meaning because mm -hmm. it's, you know, it insulates us from the, you know, from the darkness, you know, the winter that's mm -hmm. coming, mm -hmm. you know, that's, yeah. and that's, uh, and so I really try to seek meaningful experiences again, mm -hmm. whether they are in, you know, physical exercise or, you know, whether it's just interacting with, with you or taking, you know, doing sacred medicine or, you mm -hmm. know, working with my clients, it's trying to have mm -hmm. meaningful, purposeful, intentional relationship. Um, and I think that helps insulate us from, you know, the woes of the world. I love that. I love that also as a guidepost, you know, when we talked about boundaries earlier, like, you know, I, I wish that for all of us that we engage in things that, you know, light us up like that and have meaning and purpose. And, and just to piggy tail or piggyback that with uh, <laughs> that idea of like, we all have our containers of resiliency. And, you know, it's okay if things don't belong anymore. Right? Yeah. And it's, it's worth the, I think it's worth the work of identifying those things, because that's usually what's draining us. Um, and not making, you know, I, my, my big issue is time because I am overextended and, you know, care for a lot of people. And so, you know, I have to really be diligent about what I take time to in, in, embrace myself with. And I, I love that as a guidepost to do that, you know, yeah, not that well, we don't have to sometimes show up for other people because that's necessary, but. Yeah. But and like you were saying too, it's, you know, it's even though, you know, and I, I share this often too, you know, where it's, there's the, um, you know, the student asks the teacher, you know, a student comes and asks the teacher and says, 
you know, he, how much should I meditate, you know, and he yeah. says, you know, 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening. And, you know, and another student's like, I'm so busy. I have no time for this. And I'm, I'm, I'm constantly working. I'm constantly doing this. And my life is really demanding. And he goes, yes, he goes, you know, ideally you should do 20 minutes in the morning and evening, unless you're really busy. And he goes, and then you should meditate for an hour in the morning. And, that's an unrealistic ideal to some extent, but I think no, I love that. You know, to be mindfulness, to be mindful of the moment. If there's that little moment of, you know, when I have my morning tea or coffee, or you know, when I am doing washing the dishes, you know, just taking a pause, taking a breath, and saying, "Hey, I'm going to be present with this soap and water, and you yeah. know, the 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 crusties of the you know the 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 crustiness of life, and just like, yeah. hey, I'm going through it. And I'm going to be present in that." Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for everything you've shared and for taking the time to, you know, show up and share this conversation with me. Yeah. Thank everyone you for, listening. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the, the opportunity and I really enjoy your company and talking to you. I hope to, yeah. you know, have many more conversations, you know, maybe yeah. in podcasts in the future, but yeah, uh, you know, I'd love that one for another walk and talking more. Yeah. I look forward to that. I want to come up and see your little cabin there too. Yeah, please. I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, I've been going full steam ahead again, looking kind of trying to look for, I, I noticed I had a little bit of like, you know, maybe a little panic of like, what am I going to do this winter? I'm like, I'm not, cause I've been so busy <laughs> and, and I'm just yeah. like, oh. and then again, it goes back to that permission for rest, but yeah, I, I definitely have a big dream and vision here and hope to have it be a bit of a community space and have it to be a, a space for healing of course so i you of course are, are always welcome sounds wonderful and for now if people want to work with you we're gonna have a, a link in the show notes to how people can um reach out to you yeah so i put um my psychology today link it's probably the easiest and um you know and it depends on what you're reaching out to me for, of course. Um, you know, you can also look me up there and, you know, feel free to send me an email or give me a call. And, um, you know, whether that's if you want to collaborate on something, if you'd like to talk more, um, you know, I'm usually a pretty open person in that regard. Or if you have a project you want to, you know, again, work on. But if you also want services, you know, that's I do have a few openings and that's always changing. Um, and I like to work with people who are engaged in these themes and you know and who are willing to do the work um you know those are the people i i love working with so if something i've said here strikes you and you know you'd like to dive deeper into it i um you know i take i try to be a bat i take medicaid and blue cross um blue shield and i try to do a balance of those with private pay so that i can do more community kind of pro bono work and volunteer stuff and um you know and so it's that idea and if you know you want to come up with a project or a support and I, if I can support you please 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 reach out I'm more than happy to engage in the conversation and see how I can be of service no oh, thanks Tim and I'll just say like he's just so much fun to spend time with and such a heart-centered individual I um, you know, I just feel blessed that our, our paths crossed and I'm very grateful for that. And so thanks, yeah. Tim, for being who you are. Yeah, the feeling is mutual, Mary. I'm yeah. really, really grateful for you. So thank you. Yeah. Take care. Bye.
Well, that was a deep dive and broad and um, just a rich conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. It's so nice to talk to people on, on their path. And, you know, Tim is a young old soul, I would say. And I do think he has a lot to offer if anybody's looking for some space to sort of find their way forward or to deal with um, whatever's going on on your journey. And just to sort of summarize, we covered a lot there, you know, but I think we talked a lot about community and how it's an opportunity to come together and acknowledge our shared struggles, even though they come in through different lenses, just having that community, um, being able to share, right, your story or your testimony to your experience and have others hold space for that is a really powerful way to heal. Yeah, and to know you're not alone and, you know, that sense of belonging is just so incredibly important for all of us. And um, we also talked a lot about balance and how we have to do the work, right? We have to be aware, we have to do the work, um, but we also have to find time to do the simple pleasures, right? As Tim says, you know, catching frogs and skipping stones. And also just allowing yourself to be really present with those experiences. You know, and really, um, you know, that was one of the wisest things someone said to me when I was um, with my dad at the end of his life, but my head was still spinning because suddenly you step out of your life and you know you need to be in this sacred space of time. And, you know, simply just be with your dad. When you're with your dad, just be with your dad and let everything else fall away. And it seems so simple, but imagine if we could do that you know, on a day-to-day -day basis and how much more joy we may find in that process. Yeah, and when we talk about like rest and receiving, how important that is um, and how hard it is at the same time and beginning a practice to notice maybe when you are receiving and just speaking from experience, it's mostly when we're present, right? When we're aware enough to notice what's, what's actually happening and to really see the richness in the mundane. Um, and yeah, I think that I hope you took a few things away from that, but I do think um, Tim speaks from the heart and he's trying to build a community um, and a connection with people to hold on to like some of the fundamental things that we might be getting peeled away from on this journey. So if you have an opportunity, if that aligns with you to reach out to him, as he said, from his lens of as a therapist, but also just maybe as a coach or as a mentor or as just someone that understands the journey. And um, I think it's nice to have men that are willing to step into their vulnerability and talk about it. <laughs> um, I, I always like to wrap my arms around those folks and invite them in because it is the gateway to finding our truth and authenticity. And I think, you know, Tim has been doing that. And um maybe we all need to have our hands held a little bit just to go in there into the shame and vulnerability and understand it's, you know, harder to carry that around than to really step into it. And not only that, but inside of it, there's such beautiful light once we have the, the courage to step in or just slow down and see what we're being called towards. So again, I hope you got some nuggets out of that. Um, but thanks for coming and thanks for listening. And I thank Tim greatly for coming on to the show. I also just want to say that, you know, we're coming into the holidays. It's a lot. I hope that we can all find opportunity to really just enjoy the season. 
um, and the generosity and the gathering that comes with that. But also I'm acutely aware and also I'm acutely aware, I should say, the holidays are a huge time for relapse. And so I am going to have some guests on here that talk about that and how to stay well. And I will also share some nuggets of my knowing around that. Um, so look for that in the next few episodes. Um, I'll have some of my coworkers from Sana, which is a new recovery center in Stowan, just to talk about their journey in working with people in addiction and recovery, what Sana is offering, um, some of the things that maybe they can share as therapists and uh, me as an integrative health or wellness person about how to take care of self or your self-care uh, through the holidays and how we can maybe just raise that awareness of the time and space we're moving through here and the um, imprint that might be on us as we interface with that. And I also am just curious to talk to professionals <laughs> in addiction about, um, you know, what happens during this time that makes it challenging for people and how people can reset and refresh. And that's what I can help with um, to sort of stay authentically in this journey and not get swept up in, into old behaviors. And I think there's a lot of triggers for that over the holidays is what I'm um, feeling like. And even in my own life with my daughter and things that have happened over the holidays, I, I have lived that. So we have to rewrite our story and find our way forward in a way that um, is new and fresh. I, I do know we have to often change the way we do things in order to find a new lens or a new way of going through it that feels better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and this coming Monday, though, I'm really, really excited, or this coming Monday, I'm going to interview Kelly, and she'll be on on Thursday. Kelly Skinner is a bhakti yoga goddess, and she's coming on and talking about her journey in life. Um, she also is a young old soul and has found her path and her meaning and purpose, and man, she's such a bright light, so I'm so excited to have Kelly on next week. So um, looking forward to share, sharing her with all of you. Well, thanks again for coming and listening um, and being part of this community. It does mean so much to me. Um, I, I Again, I always stand back in awe at uh, the people that join and listen and give me such positive feedback. I'm incredibly grateful. And I hope that um, I continue to find people to invite in that really align with what you all need to hear and I need to hear. And uh, together we rise and we heal and figure out how to do hard things. Um, and yeah, find something to celebrate today, you guys. Don't forget the power of the plants. You know, and don't forget that you are you, right? We're all bio-individuals. Find what feels good, do more of it. Know you're deserving of that. Really important time to nourish yourself, um, body, mind, and soul as we go into the winter season, we go into the holiday season. Take a pause, take a few moments to, you know, intentionally set up what you need going forward in the next couple months. Embrace the journey. Here in Vermont, it gets dark. We're setting the clocks back this week and um, this weekend, so we get an extra hour, but you know, we're coming into a dark season. So how do we find the light in the dark? Yeah, it's a nice time to go inside, right? To go inside and to notice what's there and to maybe do some healing. And I just suggest doing it in community because it can be a hard journey alone uh, with the darkness. So 
again, how do we find light? And there's a lot of different ways to do that. And maybe I'll have an episode on that on Mary's musings about how we continue to find the light because it's there. It's always there. All right. Take care. Love you guys. See you next time.